Hello and welcome to UBP podcast series on global equities. Today, we will speak about why a 30 stocks portfolio makes sense and why focusing on high and stable value creation can provide investors with an all-weather strategy. My name is Maud Yez, investment specialist for the Swiss and Global Equity team, and today with me, Martin Moller, co-head of the team and senior portfolio manager. Hi Maud, let's get into it. Hi Martin, you and the team are managing the Global Leaders Equity Strategy. First of all, what do you mean with Global Leaders? Well, when we invest at companies, we look where they are in their life cycle. Life cycle for us is driven by the development of cash flow return investment over time. You start typically like with a product launch with a low level of or even negative level of cash flow return investment. And you have first mover advantage. Um, cash flow return investment looks good. This attracts typically competition. And then we have this fading and maturing phase which is rather unattractive from investment point of view. So when we talk about leading companies, we talk about leading levels of cash flow return investment companies that are able also to defend these high levels over long periods of time. Okay, and why is it interesting to invest in such companies? Over the long term, we have seen outperformance from these companies that create more value than the average company that you have in the market. So when we um, see these good results being repeated and sustainable in the sense of repeatable fashion, you will see a surprise to the market because most of the companies indeed are facing this fading and maturing period um, that I was mentioning earlier. And if you can surprise the market by still having the good high levels of value creation over the longer time, that also leads to positive surprises and with that to our performance. I see. But uh, since you invest in only 30 uh, stocks, doesn't this lead to more risks? Indeed, we are focusing on 30 names where we have high conviction that they are value creative also in the next couple of years. And when you compare to many other equity portfolio managers, to many other mutual funds that are out there in the market, they often um, operate with many more positions, like talking about 60, 70, often more than 100 positions in a fund. So we are indeed more concentrated, really understanding the companies that we are focusing on, that we want to, uh, want to invest in, and uh, will not run a portfolio with very, very small positions that really don't make a difference to the performance. We have seen, of course, that you can still achieve full diversification with the 30 stocks portfolio. There have been a couple of academic studies around already for a few years um, that have shown that beyond 30, there's very little additional benefit of diversification. So if you run a portfolio with 40, 50 or 100 or 400 stocks, doesn't really reduce your risk anymore. So um, we are actually with that um, having an optimal trade-off between um, a focus on a portfolio where each stock makes a difference, it's large enough to make a difference, and is still diversified. Plus, actually, we are in investing across almost all sectors. So it's not like a portfolio of 30 tech stocks or 30 oil stocks, where, of course, you're not really diversified. You're still concentrated on one particular theme. But because we are finding interesting value creative opportunities across the market, we are also well diversified with the 30 stock portfolio. Okay, so on top of uh, just uh, minimizing your risks with only 30 stocks, your value added as an active manager is really to also look for diversification, right? Yes, exactly. So the first step would be like a bottom-up um, selection of the names that we want to have. 
But then, in contrast to these academic studies that I mentioned earlier, who were just building random portfolios, we are not building a random portfolio, but we are trying really to be diversified in terms of geography and in terms of sector. Okay, so you minimize your risk further uh, with this diversification. Also in the past, uh, looking at your track record, more than 80% came from uh, stock selection. So um, this means that your active approach is really a key performance driver uh, over the long term. Yes, exactly. That's what you see from the performance attribution. As you say, the bulk is coming from stock selection and only small contributions are coming from the country allocation or from the sector allocation. That helps us, of course, especially during periods where you have sector rotation and that is often a headwind for active managers. That's interesting because uh, we often hear from uh, investors that are questioning the value of investing in actively managed strategies compared to uh, an ETF for global equities. So how would you answer them uh, in the current context? Yeah, the current situation gives us quite, quite a few mixed signals, I would say. We have seen, of course, a couple of positives year to date that have been also driving these positive market developments for the year like Europe was able to avoid unexpected uh, recession. We have seen an end also to the, to the earnings downgrades that were still prevalent in the first half of the year. So that looks more, more positive. Expectation for next year is also rather constructive um, as we are coming back into some earnings growth compared to the lackluster situation of this year. However, for that, we still need to see also the leading indicators improving. And here, especially the purchasing manager indices are still looking pretty depressed. Okay, so uh, your fundamental analysis is key to select uh, companies that are less impacted by these risks that you mentioned. That's right, and that's how we can differentiate from a passive investment into the um, overall market um, in ETF that you, um, that you mentioned and really focus on those names that are value creative, where we have a visibility on this value creation compared to the rest of the market, um, looking more reliable as an investment. And with that, should have actually a better performance. Okay, so I think the most important is that um, over the long term also, uh, you have been um, delivering outperformance with this uh, discipline approach. And the concept uh, of uh, CFRY, which was uh, at the core of your investment approach, was key in uh, achieving this. So we have been uh, looking at uh, the behavior of these high CFRY companies in different inflation and interest rates regimes. And uh, the conclusions that we uh, draw are quite beneficial, quite positive for the strategy. This summarizes its behavior well. For us, the main message to investors is time in the market rather than timing the market for long-term outperformance. Thanks, Martin. And thanks for listening to this podcast. 